Hey folks, this is Clayton Collins, CEO at HW Media and your host for the Housing News Podcast. Last week, we kicked off the first episode in a four-part series called the Wholesale Market Masterclass, presented by BeAMortgageBroker.com, powered by UWM. I'm your host in this four-part series, and Eunice Garcia is the producer. The series will focus on encyclopedia-level knowledge of all things wholesale lending. After listening to all four episodes in this series, you're going to walk away with an understanding of the considerations, data, and facts related to the wholesale lending market. This week, we welcome Justin Brown and Jennifer Gormer to discuss building careers in businesses in the wholesale mortgage arena. Justin Brown is the broker owner of New Home Team, doing business in the Los Angeles market. And Jennifer Gormer is the president and CEO of Integrity Home Lending in Dallas, Texas. This episode is a combination of two separate interviews. And Jennifer was kind enough to join us in our Housing Wire Dallas HQ to record the episode in person. And not to be outdone, Justin Brown has one of the best audiovisual setups that I've seen in all of the housing ecosystem. This was a fun episode to record. I hope you enjoy. And now a quick message from BeAMortgageBroker.com, powered by UWM. Now is the time to take control of your career and pipeline. Loan officers and mortgage bankers are quickly learning about the benefits of wholesale lending as an independent mortgage broker, including eliminating constraints and going to market with lower rates, fees, and closing costs. Whether you're looking to open your own brokerage or join a team as a loan officer, you can get up and running without missing a beat with support from the team at BeAMortgageBroker.com. You have nothing to lose and only clients, greater flexibility and compensation to gain. Visit BeAMortgageBroker.com to learn more. Powered by United Wholesale Mortgage LLC, equal housing lender, NMLS 3038, licensed in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. So 99% of the time, I have the pleasure of recording with our guests remotely uh, on a, vi- a virtual platform from all over the country. Today, we are here in Dallas, Texas with Jennifer Gormer. Jennifer, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. So we are, we are in our office in Dallas. We got some construction going on in the mm-hmm. background. Mm-hmm. So like, bear with us if there's any background noise, but welcome to Texas in the 2020s. It didn't just start now. Like we've been growing and building for a while. That's right. So you, uh, as we were getting ready for the conversation, you mentioned you've had a busy weekend, uh, a little more work than play. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell us about what you're seeing in the mortgage market today, Jennifer. You know, Texas is a great market. So, uh, you know, when the industry quote unquote crashed, Texas really never crashed. We just slowed down. So, you know, where we were going 150 miles per hour, we're now going like 115, right? So we're still booming. Builders are booming. People are buying homes, refinancing. So business is good. Well, that's phenomenal to hear. I'm glad you were finding that tailwind and continued success. Today, we're here to talk about the wholesale market. And I'd love to learn more about your career path in the mortgage industry, what brought you into housing and how you got started. 
Uh, interesting story. So uh, I was in my early 20s. I was actually buying a house. And my loan officer, we were near the end. And she said, you know, you're kind of good at this. You've got some skills that transfer over. You should think about joining the mortgage industry. And I was like, no. Uh, <laughs> but she kind of pressed and I did some research and I jumped in. Uh, so I, I began in 20. 20- 2004 as a loan officer, became a broker, uh, 2007 before Dodd-Frank. Uh, and then I, I transitioned and went into retail, uh, was an executive and a trainer, a, a learning leader, um, for some of the largest banks. And then I made a decision in 2022 to come back into wholesale and became a broker and opened up my mortgage company. As I was preparing for this conversation, your diverse background is what jumped out to me the, bo- the most. So in training and technology, so how have those like those skills that you've built at different stops in your career, different businesses that you've been involved in, mm-hmm. aided to your success as a mortgage broker? It's a great question, um, and it's vice versa. So mortgage has aided in my career, but also um, learning, training, technology, leadership has also impacted training, uh, impacted mortgage. Um, you have to think about it in mortgage. We still have to. Tra- train our customers. Most times buyers don't know what they don't know. So there's a there's a part of education that we have to do with our borrowers, whether they're purchasing, they're investing, whether they're refinancing. Um, and I find with my customers, they value being educated on the process in the industry and how to become better consumers. But on the flip side, in mortgage, you have to have education. You have to have operations. You have to know sales. Are you a hunter? Are you a farmer? Um, what do we use every day? Technology. So um, I early on became a loan officer, became a broker, uh, 2007, built a team and started training other brokers, other processors, underwriters, trainers. I've trained everyone in the mortgage industry. So your business today is called Integrity Home Lending. Tell us about the origin of Integrity and how your brokerage has evolved since you founded it. It's a great question. Um, So I was um, wholesale when I first started in the industry. Uh, as you just mentioned, I went wholesale and um, worked for the largest banks in the country. Uh, and I made a, a switch. Uh, 2022, uh, the market was good. And I had a lot of my old customers, believe it or not, who've kept in contact with me for 10, 15 years. And after four, five, six, seven, eight of them are saying, hey, we're not buying the next house until you come back and broker because we, we don't trust anyone else. Um, finally, I thought, you know what? I should probably come on back into wholesale. Uh, so I made the jump and uh, it's business is beautiful. All right. So, so Jennifer, mm-hmm. your clients were asking you to, to be a broker and come mm-hmm. back. They needed, they needed your advice. So mm-hmm. as you made that decision mm-hmm. to be, like become a broker owner, mm-hmm. what were the things you were looking for that you needed to deliver to your consumers mm-hmm. and the things that you needed to build around it integrity to make sure you had a, a scalable business that fits the needs of your borrowers? You know, you hit it on the nail. It's integrity. It starts there because this is the biggest investment purchase that people make in their lives. Uh, And dare I say the second most probably important um, decision that they make. So I built uh, a mortgage company around integrity. Um, What do we need in place? Communications, process, procedures, um, in terms of scalable, being available uh, and really understanding what sets us apart in the market. And when you ask our customers, they always say three things, integrity, consistency, and communication. That's my scalability. 
So we cut like we talked about training earlier. Mm-hmm. So tell me about what your team looks like today mm-hmm. and then some of the things that you focused on in training those people to match the values that you just spoke to. Yeah, that's that's a good one too. You're all on it today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of my loan officers, he's actually an underwriter. So he worked at a, a big corporation, a big bank, um, and decided he also wanted to leave retail, come into wholesale, and he has those scalable um traits, those scalable yeah. skills. He's an underwriter, he's a trainer, he's an educator educator and he's a loan officer. So our customers love speaking with him in terms of training. It's training him on how we do business and how we set ourselves apart from um, all the other mortgage brokers or banks in Texas. Uh, But more importantly, what makes us who we are. And that's focusing on that integrity and that consistency and that honesty and that communication. That's truly what um, our training, whether it's onboarding or new hire, what it's centered around. So in your career in mortgage lending, have you developed any strong preferences or values in your business development efforts? So like how are borrowers finding you? Mm -hmm. How are they getting into the hands of this amazing originator that you speak of that comes with an underwriting background? Mm -hmm. Like where does the business come from? Word of mouth. Um, When I first started, I made a commitment to myself that I did not want to spend a dollar on marketing. Um, And we were blessed that we never had to spend a dollar on marketing. Um, I firmly believe if you take care of your customers, your business is going to take care of you. Um, I'll give you an example. Yeah. So I told you I was working all day yesterday, a holiday, right? Um, I got yeah, a so call. For our, for our audience here, we're recording this on Tuesday after Memorial Day here. Yes. So like everyone else is coming back into an inbox full of emails that they're trying to sort through. But Jennifer was online yesterday helping clients. Yeah, I was working all day. <laughs> but um, I got three calls yesterday from borrowers who have told their daughters, their sons, their friends, their cousins, their aunties, their uncles, their, their coworkers, literally my phone did not stop ringing yesterday. It, and I'm, you know, they say that uh, the biggest thing that someone can do is give you a referral, right? This biggest yeah. compliment. Um, and I think there's truth to that. So um, thankfully, no, no paid marketing. It's word of mouth and treating our customers well. That's, that's amazing. Awesome to hear that. So one of the big things that we've seen popping out in the brokerage ecosystem mm-hmm. is community. Yes. So you have community in your organization uh, amongst your, your loan officers and processors, mm-hmm. your community in the market that you do business in, in, yeah. in Dallas, but there's yeah. also this community nationally and regionally of brokers who support yes. each other. So tell us about your involvement in the brokerage community. Mm, I love it. Um, well, um, I try to stay kind of ear to the ground. So we're part of many organizations. So women in mortgage and um, minorities in, in mortgage and brokers are better. And um, we we travel a lot. We go to conferences and associations and really just to meet um, and to support. Again, you don't know what you don't know, right? And everyone has room to grow. I think learning is a lifelong journey. Um, but we stay involved. We stay active. Um, more importantly, I'm always looking for loan officers who want to grow their business, who maybe are new to the industry and they really just don't know how to make a career of it, right? Not a job, but a career. Um, and what are those avenues? And how do you support your family long-term? And so from there, we're always um, involved in terms of volunteering and helping. We offer training classes at our company. So we have a beautiful facility. Twice a month, we have classes for not only realtors, but for new homeowners, as well as investors um, and those that are in the industry. So when you talk about building a career, not just a job. How do you articulate what that means to a new originator who might be joining you to integrity? How do you tell, what, what is the difference between a job and a career? And how do you articulate that value to these yeah. new folks that join you? Yeah. Um, it's, it's that you don't have to be an originator for your entire career. Um, some people I believe are going, it's like teaching. 
I'm a mom. So I believe you have to have a passion and a gift for teaching. I just do. When you're raising your children, you just do. I think it's the same thing in mortgage. I think you have to have a passion and a gift and a purpose for helping people, families buy homes, period. Um, so with that said, I think some people are going to get into the industry and realize this was fun originating, not my cup of tea. Okay, that's fine. But you know, you could be a processor. Do you know you can be an underwriter? Do you know that you can go into the operations size of things? Maybe you're really good at sales and growing salespeople. Or maybe you're good at training. Or maybe, you know what, you're good at auditing. There are so many different roles within mortgage that you don't have to be stuck at just originating. So I think really our goal as leaders and as brokers is to help originators find their place in the brokerage in the mortgage industry. Yeah, I think I think that's a great point. And in leveraging like like you have and leveraging the skills you have from other parts of your life. That's right. That's like training and leadership, mm-hmm. um, building a team. That's right. Developing a group of other people That's who right. can support clients and That's families right. in their, in That's their right. path to find a home. Yep. So as you continue to build integrity, yeah. what are you focused on from a growth perspective? Do you, do you drive through, I, I know you're, I know you're like, this isn't a marketing strategy. So you're not doing like consumer direct, but right. like, how do you bring more volume in the door each and every month in you? Yeah. Um, for us, we've built relationships with builders. So we get a lot of questions about, um, you know, how we've worked with builders. We have three builders right now that we are preferred. Um, brokerage or okay. mortgage companies for. Um, and they send us quite a bit of business. Um, and they've learned to trust us. They've learned that other, um, other opportunities they were using in the past just didn't work out and they're able to send them to us and we're able to close their loans effectively and quickly. Um, so we've really made up an effort to build relationship with builders so they understand the programs we have available um, and how we can help their borrowers. I think another thing is I've built relationships with organizations um, that involve realtors and real estate brokers and other people that are in real estate. So I have three trusted realtors. Um, They send me all their business. They send our company everything. And because they're so happy and they're sharing our successes, all their friends, all their colleagues, all their brokers, like everyone's just now like, Integrity. (laughs) So again, I think it's, it just, that's why I named the company integrity, because if you just focus on integrity and providing excellent customer experience, the business takes care of you. We're in a market right now where all growth is being driven off of purchase. And so like your strategic, uh, focus on mm-hmm. the building relationships with builders and real estate brokers aligns incredibly well with that, mm-hmm. that purchase driven business model yeah. that we are in today. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me more about how that, like how that first builder relationship got started. Cause I mean, that's, that's coveted. Like there's brokers is. across the country mm-hmm. who are um, going to be like, man, Jennifer, how do I, uh, how, how do I, I do that? How do I get a <laughs> trusted relationship mm-hmm. going with a builder who's doing scale? I get that all the time. Um, so I'll tell you the, the first one. Uh, my mom just purchased her home and she just closed earlier this year in January. And I kid you not, I was helping her look for homes. I'm an only child and uh, took her to a builder. We walked in. She was kind of scared and um, she didn't want to go in by herself. So I was like, mom, stay in the car and I'll go in, ask the questions. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd already pre-approved her, went in, had a conversation, brought my mom in. I was like, mom, it's beautiful. I've taught you. It's great. Come on in. You know, so she's happy, excited. My phone rings the next day. My mom had not even signed a contract yet. She was still thinking it over. My phone rang the next day. It was the builder. They were so impressed with my um, just being prepared, you know, not only being her daughter, but just being her broker. Cause I walked in hand with her pre-approval, right? They were so impressed. They said, you know what? We'd like to fire this other lender and we'd like for you to come on and be our preferred lender. And I thought, 
Sure. Why? <laughs> but it was because they said they were impressed with my knowledge, my know-how, showing up with a borrower approval in hand. They just knew they had to bring bring us on. Yep. And that day was our first builder. So in that kind of strategic relationship, was there ever any conversation about being a mortgage broker, being in the wholesale channel? Because you can build businesses as a, as a part of a depository bank, mm-hmm. as at a retail independent mm-hmm. mortgage um, origination shop or, mm-hmm. or as a broker. So how right. has like the wholesale industry supported this business development effort mm-hmm. that you've It's huge. Brought? It's huge because opportunity, growth. Um, the fact that we can have a CD at underwriting approval, yeah. we average four to eight hours on approval, four to eight hours on approval, not a day. Not three days, not four days, yeah. like four to eight hours, our borrowers are coming out in final approval and I have a CD at hand. We're averaging seven to 10 days clear to close average. So that means some it's earlier, normal. some a little bit, low, but that's our average. So when you, when you provide value, it's all about providing value and educating the builders. What can we do for you? One, one time close. Oh my gosh. All the, um, Luxury builders who are who are used to construction loans. Well, now we've made their lives that much easier. One time close. Um, the fact that I've got hundreds of, of programs that I can place our borrowers in when they've never had that option before. It's either you're done or you're not, right? But we have one program. It's like, no, now we have options. So, you know, I firmly believe in this industry. It's, it's not no anymore. It's really not. Now in this industry, it's yes. Or not right now, but let's get you to where you need to be. And then it's going to be a yes, let's go close. Um, so I think for us, it's, that's really been the business development. It, it goes back to the education and then it's centered around integrity. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. So Jennifer, I can't thank you enough for joining us here in thank Dallas today. You. And this uh, vibrant community that we are in, not yes. just the mortgage industry, but in Dallas. In Dallas. construction going on, <laughs> life and energy that's right. and population growth. A great place to do business. It is. It is. Thank you for having me. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And now we're going to transition over to an interview with Justin Brown, the broker owner at New Home Team in Southern California. All right, cool. Justin, welcome. Thrilled to have you on this episode. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. So Justin, when preparing for this conversation, I checked out your background and it, it just, it screams independent. You've had so much entrepreneurial experience and independence in your career. It doesn't surprise me at all to see you uh, launch New Home. So tell, tell us about the business that you're running today and the, the launch of your mortgage broker shop. Yeah, no. So I, I had a company, uh, New Home Financial for years. I've always, I've been in this industry for like 22 years and it's always been in the broker channel. Um, after the market crash, a lot of people started going retail, just the whole landscape changed. And I stuck it out and grew. And that's kind of actually, I opened my business uh, then around 2009. And it grew, uh, but it got to the point in 2016 where we just, it got overwhelming. And I was like, you know what, let me see if the grass is greener retail because it's a nightmare to close loans in 30 days. And my competition's doing it, no problem, in 14 days. So I made the switch to retail. Um, It was, you know, as far as speed and getting deals done, uh, but I never made that low of an amount of money in my life. It was just, it was a big shift in the comp I was making and, you know, the income that was coming in. And that was kind of the trade-off I was prepared for. Like, look, I'm okay making less money as long as I have less stress and I could grow my business. Um, And so going into it, it was kind of what I expected with all of that. But as things progressed, 
I, I just kept kind of getting nickel and dimed on the retail side, the the margin, the, the lack of margin control that was manipulated behind the scenes left and right, where next thing I knew six months in, I'm the highest rate lender in town. I'm like, well, that's not going to help me grow. Um, so stuck it out retail for, for a little bit, but behind the scenes, I saw the broker channel just growing by leaps and bounds with the technology speed and just hearing people raving about that like no it's 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 not what you what you remember um so yeah two years ago or so i decided to um take the plunge and and go back in because i i knew i i went to cross country and then new american and i knew if i make another change i don't want to bounce around if i make another change at this point i'm just going to go back to my own shop um so made the plunge and it's it's been awesome it's been everything i i hoped it would be so when you were talking to some of your broker contacts and hearing whispers that it's you know it's not what it used to be, what what were you hearing? What what had changed in that time period since you made the the jump to a different channel? The process, um, just how sh- much more streamlined the process was, how much better the technology was, how easy it was to basically take a file from start to finish uh, without a bunch of heavy lifting, without a bunch of back and forth, um, without dealing with a uh, honestly before it seemed like I was dealing with like call center, you know, out of like just call center bots for the most part. Like it was just tough to get through issues. I had to just continually kick and scream for days on end to finally get things moving or get past underwriting issues or whatnot. Like, no, it's not like that anymore. Like you, you get things done quicker. There's, you know, there's good AEs, good underwriters. Um, They really are your advocates now versus, you know, like, oh, you know, it, it just seemed different before where you were, I felt like I was on my own where now I feel like there is that support with the companies I'm sending my business to, to help me push it to get it done, which is the same support I was expecting at retail that I didn't feel like I had in the broker world before. So I I do see that now on the broker side. So when you were coming back to the broker channel and, you know, take looking back on the experiences you had in your, your prior life as a broker and your prior life as a retail originator and team leader, what were some of the characteristics you were screening for as you started talking to wholesale partners and and building out your list of lenders that you wanted to do business with? Um, it was it was turn times, uh, product mix, technology, uh, mainly technology systems and process because the less heavy lifting my team has to do, usually the less things that could go wrong. The more streamlined a process is, you know, the less moving parts that are you know manually have to be done. Uh, the less likely things will go wrong or something gets missed, right? So technology for sure to just make sure we had a streamlined process with the lenders. And then ensuring just support that if something comes up, who can I call? Are they decision makers? How quickly can we get through issues? Um, You know, if we need to dive in and really analyze guidelines and pick things apart, if we're not seeing eye to eye, how does that process work? Um, and then how you know how quickly can you close my loans and is the pricing competitive? Let's talk about teams. So you've been in the industry for a while. Did you have team members that have moved with you in your different steps of the career? And and how did you think about building the team you needed for this new evolution of New Home? Yeah. So what's crazy is when I was in the broker world before, um, I had a huge team. So I was doing about 30 units a month or so, 20, 30 units a month. And I had quite a few people to, to do that. And then my broker shop as a whole was doing 20, 30 million a month. And so I had like 30 employees at one point to just handle, you know, all the workload that was involved in closing those loans. 
And when I went retail, I didn't need as many people. So I was able to slim down some because the technology was just better. The support was better behind the scenes. Um, and then now coming back to the broker world, I'm running the most efficient team I ever have. Um, there's only a couple of us and we can handle quite a few loans. Um, and, and a big part of that is having technology behind us to take as many of the tasks off our plate as possible that aren't really our highest and best use. So, so right now, um, my team has shrunk because of efficiency for the most part. Well, that's good for the business model. So have you had to shift your originate or have you chose to shift your origination strategy as you thought about the, the type of team that you want to have this, this leaner, meaner organization, uh, versus when you were doing 30 units a month, um, back in your earlier broker experience. Um, so Yes, it's it's shifted just more efficient now, and and I do have the same team as when we were retail, so they they did all come with me. Um, but when we were brokering initially, I just needed so many people because there was so many moving parts. When we went retail, we didn't need as many. We were able to slim it down and just become more efficient. But it still took you know a good chunk of people. There was the constant P and L talk with corporate about how many people I had on my team and and all of that. Um, but. I actually did shift my strategy to start going consumer direct and just really focusing on my database uh, before I went back to brokering and that strategy started to work. Um, and then as we came back to brokering, I, I did you know utilize the way we were get, getting business, the way I wanted to focus on the business and then the technology we had. Because I, I spent some time working on automations for my team to automate as much of the follow-up as possible, to automate as much of the document collection as possible, you know, everything I could automate, I would. And that helped it to where it's at the point now where there's really just three of us plus a virtual assistant. And before there was like seven of us, six, seven of us, you know, to handle everything, uh, to handle not much more volume. And right now the three of me plus my two LOAs and a virtual, we could probably handle about 30 closings a month. That's impressive. So I hear the term consumer direct get used in, in different ways. And like some people use consumer direct to talk about like pure lead shops. Other people are talking about nurturing their, their database and using direct marketing capabilities. Like what, what does consumer direct mean, mean for you in this capacity? Um, that means just going directly to the public and getting them to raise their hand or come to me because they've seen my brand, my face, my messages, and, you know, want to, and I build that, that like and trust, uh, to where they then come to me when they're ready. So that one part of that is my database. So just marketing to my database, doing events, sending them information, you know, sending out newsletters, um, you know, connecting with saying connected with my database. And then on the other part, there's just social media is what I'm using. So Instagram mainly, um, just putting out content that's, you know, for the last couple of years has been growing a following and an audience. And then from there, people reaching out when they're ready on the journey. Um, and then along that path, honestly, uh, the little trick or secret I, I, I've learned to turning that audience on social media into business is trying to get them into my CRM, getting them into my database. Um, you know, so having events, register here, getting their emails, getting their contact. Oh, if you want my free home buyer guide, fill this out. So as whatever I could do along the way to get them to sign up for my newsletters, to get them into my CRM, uh, that helps that nurturing process as well. But that that's my definition or what I'm doing for Consumer Direct. In this incredibly purchase-centric market, the conversation of lender and realtor partnerships seems to be front and center in, in many conversations. Are you working with with realtors or at least past realtors that you've worked with on from through Consumer Direct business? Or is that not a, a channel, origination channel that's most important to you? 
So we definitely take care of the realtors that are already part of our database that had already been sending us business for years that are still working with us like that. Those are important relationships to us because they trust us with their clients. Uh, But I am no longer prospecting to go out and get new realtor relationships. Um, I have realtors coming to me now through social media that are connecting with me and wanting to work with me because of the brand that they've seen. And so I actually have them reaching out to me. Um, But what's awesome is I'm no longer in a position of, you know, what value can I add? They just see, I like your brand. I like your message. You've built trust with me. I, I, I'm pretty sure you'll do a good job with my clients. Can I send them to you? That's really all it comes down to. So it's pretty cool. You're not focused on uh, boxes of Panera coffee. All right, right, Justin. So you mentioned social a few times. I'd love to dig a little deeper in there. Like, What type of content plays best for you on Instagram? And how have you found engagement direct with consumers through this Instagram and social strategy? So when I started building my my following and my page, I was focusing more... I was like on my own journey to just personal finance and building wealth. Like, you know, how do I set up my retirement accounts, especially going back to being a broker and being self-employed, setting what's the best strategy to set up my retirement accounts? How do I roll over my 401k that was at New American? So as I was like diving into all that and reading books and stuff, I just started putting that type of content out in addition to like home buying stuff. Um, and that just really took off. So that's evolved now into more like real estate investing content because I am an actual real estate investor. I have, you know, a ton of properties out of state. They've done flips, um, you know, Airbnbs. Um, so I, I just, again, the, I use my hobbies and the things I'm doing to build my wealth or my future. And I'm sharing that along the way and, and kind of wrapping it around how real estate helps you build wealth. And what happens is you just build that authority of like, this guy knows what he's talking about. This guy knows about real estate. This guy knows about money. I would love to get your advice. Yeah, actually, no problem. I do loans. Here's my Calendly link if you'd like to schedule a call with my team. You know, and so again, getting them into my database and then nurturing them from there and getting really clear with them from there on exactly what I could do for them and how I, you know, how I could help them. Cause sometimes you get that broad audience of people that are like, Hey, how do I set up my Roth IRA? How do I do this? And like, well, that's, you know, you want to, that's not what I do, you know. Um, here's some recommendations. Here's a good book, you know, whatever. Um, so you want to be careful with going too broad because then you're going to flood your DMS and, and messages from people that aren't going to do business with you now, but you could still nurture those relationships. So when they are, or if they know somebody, they're definitely going to refer to you. Do you feel that some of the content around investing in real estate and building wealth through real estate still resonates with like the first time primary home buyer who? you know, wants a place to live, but also sees real estate as a place to, to build a, to build a nest egg, or do you end up attracting more of kind of the investor loan category? I get both still. So I absolutely get both. Um, I do put in tips on how first time buyers could leverage programs to really, you know, um, amplify the process, like buying a multi-unit with low down payment first, live there for a year, um, use a renovation loan to buy an undermarket property and get instant equity, you know, do forced a forced appreciation using rental loans, um, you know, stuff like that. So that those are good tips for people uh, to, you know, for your first property, this is the way you should do it. This is the way I would do it. This is the way I'll tell my kids to do it. So putting out tips like that still resonates with them. It still gives them good advice. Um, so yeah, I do sprinkle that in still. I don't just focus on that because, Again, um, the clientele, I started focusing on real estate investing because the market was really tough last year as far as getting offers accepted. So all my clients that had low down payment, 
um, FHA. It was just tough to get their offers accepted. So I started, you know, as I was doing my own real estate investing, I started focusing more on those topics because those leads that were coming from that have higher down payments and it was just easier to get their offers accepted. And then now the market's changed again to where it's not so hard to get an offer in with low down payment. So you just, so, so my content will kind of adjust according to what type of traffic I'm trying to bring in. Um, like I might go heavier on the first time buyer stuff here and there when, when I want more of that clientele, or I might back away from that and get more into the real estate investing when I'm trying to get those leads. So it's kind of cool because you could kind of mess with it and adjust your filters of the content you put out. I mean, it sounds like a really authentic strategy. You're talking about this, the, the, the stuff you're dealing with in your lending business and your personal investing life and in real time. And as that evolves and the market evolves, the content evolves. I mean, that sounds like the right way to do authentic social content. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. All right, Justin. So I want to wrap kind of with a entrepreneur to, to entrepreneur conversation. So we, we all know that we, uh, we make great decisions and we also make some missteps. So to kind of support this broker community and community of originators, what were some of the missteps that, that you made in the, the early days of your, your relaunch of, of new home and building the brokerage that you lead today? Yeah. So it's, it's been a process. So, you know, I started in the industry as a processor, made a lot of mistakes as a processor and ended up over the years becoming a really good one because I gained that experience. And then I started originating, became a good originator through experience, but I was horrible at delegating. I wouldn't let a processor process my loans. I was doing it all myself. And then I found myself working 80, 90 hours a week, getting out of shape, like just falling apart. Um, so then I had to learn how to start hiring and delegating. And then that's a whole nother skill, learning how to actually like lead people and manage the right way and not just bark orders and expect people to rate, read your mind, you know? Um, so that was a whole nother journey. And, you know, as we grew and as we were experiencing all these problems, one of the huge, biggest mistakes I made, you know, was I started just throwing people at problems thinking, well, we have all these problems. I'll just hire more people. That'll solve it all. You know? And again, that, that didn't work either. Um, so the, the biggest lessons I've learned and the biggest things that have helped me move forward was, was one, yeah, delegating and letting go. But before doing that, having a clear process in place, having clear expectations in place, having a clear job role in place so that everybody on my team knows exactly what their job duties are, exactly what they should be doing from start to finish every day on every file on every client that comes in versus any gray area. And sometimes things happen that weren't accounted for. So whenever a problem happens, talking about it as a team, great. What do we put in place to make sure that doesn't happen again? Okay, going forward, here's the process around that. So that's what's helped me grow by leaps and bounds was just getting really clear on the expectations, the job duties, the roles, the daily activities, having it in writing, walking everybody through it. When things happen, instead of jumping in and doing it for them, walking them through what went wrong and what we need to change, what we need to do differently, and then just continuing down that path. I mean, those are just great general entrepreneurship and, and leadership advice right there, Justin. I'm, I'm envisioning our producer, Eunice, who's in the background right now, chuckling, thinking like, Clayton, I can't read your mind on everything. Uh, that's just general <laughs> yeah. business guidance. And, uh, and, and the second one of like thinking about process and 
like the phrase that I use, you just can't throw bodies at every problem. Sometimes you have to think about the problem more critically than can you, how do you just throw an extra set of hands at it? Because that never is the right business decision. So thank you. Thank you for sharing. So Justin, I can't thank you enough for sharing your, your story, your strategy, your journey and mortgage origination has been incredibly insightful for me. And I know the audience will, will find value as they seek to learn more about wholesale lending. Yeah, no. And then uh, give me a follow or check me out. It's at loans by JB on uh, Instagram. And that is a wrap for today's episode. Before we break, I want to bring awareness to things happening at HW Media that I care a lot about. These are things that we're investing a lot of time and resources into, and I think you should be aware of them because they will help you and your business. The first thing I want to raise some awareness to are our two HW Media events. First is the Gathering of Eagles. The Gathering of Eagles has been hosted by Real Trends and put on for over 30 years at this point. This year, we're bringing the event to Austin, Texas, June 18th through 21st at the Omni Barton Creek Resort. This is HW's real estate brokerage and sales focused event, but it brings together executives from across the housing ecosystem to forge opportunities and develop ways to work together to better serve home buyers and sellers, both in their brokerage needs, as well as their financing, insurance, and other core services needs. Incredible event. I hope you'll check it out on Real Trends or on Housing Wire. Two, Housing Wire Annual. Housing Wire Annual this year is October 10th through 12th, also in Austin, Texas, at the Hyatt Lost Pines Resort. This is our event to bring together the entire housing community to talk about what's happening in mortgage. This is not the place to whine and talk about your problems. This is the place for winners to gain more market share and develop strategies that help them build their businesses faster than any benchmark that they or their peers can set. Join us at Housing Wire Annual to set forward the strategies, partnerships, and uncover the opportunities to help you grow your mortgage and real estate business faster than you ever imagined. And that's it. That's a wrap for today. Check out Housing Wire Annual. Check out Gathering of Eagles. These are resources and opportunities that will serve you well. Have a great day.